Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Hi, welcome to Impact the World. And this week, my guest is Rob Gautier. I've known Rob now for probably approaching eight, nine years. And uh, Rob is a channeler and has the most compelling story. Not only has Rob's life been so interesting, so he was raised in a loving and Christian family. So his Christian beliefs were a little tricky for him around the idea of, of channeling. He also went through a whole period in his teenage years and early 20s where he was struggling quite a lot in himself and in the experiences he was finding in the world before eventually being led to his channeling and his first guide, Treb. So getting to have him on the show today, because he is someone who has been working as a channeler for over a decade, was a real treat. Not only is Rob's story so interesting, he's one of the most generous-hearted people I've ever met in our field. And uh, we have been talking about this, having this conversation for like a year and a half. So finally, we got to do it. And uh, I hope you'll enjoy today's show with Rob Gautier. And to find Rob, you can use any of the show links underneath in the show notes. And if you are a fan of this show, we're an independent show. So it really supports us if you either subscribe to the channel on YouTube, if you're watching this on YouTube, or if you subscribe to the podcast over at Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating or a review. That helps us reach more people with the work that we are creating and curating every week. For today, I hope you enjoy Rob Gautier. Rob, it's so good to see you. It has been, I think, since we were in person, maybe five or six years, I think, when it was the channel panel in LA that you and Kalina organized and brought many of us to, and they, they were always really special events. So good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too, brother. I think it was 2017 was last time we did the live one with you there. Wow. And I think yeah. the first one we did was 2015, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the first time we got to meet in person. We had been talking for a while over uh, internet and uh, Skype calls, but it was the first time we got to meet me. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the thing I, I always say about you that is that is so true of you is you and Kalina, you just come with a massive amount of heart. And, and I won't say that's rare in this field, but when you meet it, it's always a delight because, uh, you know, the thing about you and Kalina, who is your wife and also a channeler and a presenter and yeah, just you two always, always bring a ton of that energy and you always worked very hard to create collaborative channeler events, collaborative channeling communities, which I always took my hat off to you guys around that because especially the channeling field is getting bigger now, but even like five, six years ago, it was quite small and quite niche. And so you were like a mom and pop kind of bringing us together um, for these events online and in person. So I salute you guys for that. Well, I appreciate it. That's something that we had a great passion with just because 
we saw how um, it didn't overlap a lot, you know, a few exceptions, uh, you would see one or two Shamblers um, doing events with each other, but never a bunch of them. And we really wanted to bring that community together. And someone like you with a big heart, it's the same thing. Uh, it's beautiful to meet someone like that. And I always tell everyone, I say, Lee's not just one of the most amazing uh, spiritual teachers, uh, self-helpers, uh, channelers that you can meet, but legitimately one of the better hearted human beings that I've ever met. So I always love getting to spend time with you, talk to you, uh, see your videos online. It's always wonderful. Thank you. And you, you, you yourself have been quite busy the last couple of years because you and Kalina have a, a beautiful new daughter. So I know you've, you've had your hands full and I'd love to talk to you more about the work that you're doing now and going to do in the future. But perhaps could we like wind the clock all the way back for anyone who, who doesn't know you or your story or, or know you for your channeling? I'm, I'm always fascinated with other channelers. How, what was your understanding of channeling before you were a channeler? So before you were exposed to this and before it happened to you, like in your younger years, what was your awareness of spirituality, channeling that whole world? I'm, I'm always fascinated by that. Um, growing up, uh, anyone who did anything psychic, anyone who did anything uh, dealing with that, uh, my family was very religious. Uh, so I was taught this is not uh, okay. It's not godly. It's bad. Um, it's full of either frauds or, or uh, you know, demon-possessed people, that type of thing. It was a very extreme version of Christianity. Uh, so this community altogether was just taboo. It wasn't allowed. It wasn't talked about. When it was brought up, it was shut down immediately. Um, so I really didn't have any exposure to that until I started my spiritual journey. And then it was filled with, with uh, not channeling in the sense... Uh, the way that we both do it now, but more uh, psychics who would pick up telepathic, you know, um, intuitions and or actual messages and pass them through. Uh, and going from that extent to channeling was another jump outward uh, for me to take a whole other journey into itself. So how has it been for your family when you yourself started not only channeling, but working publicly as a channeler? How, how has that journey been? Um, the first two years, my parents never knew about <laughs> what I was doing. They just knew I was doing something online, uh, something with videos. And uh, at that time, I wasn't doing it uh, professionally. I was doing it um, to help people. You know, I just offered my time uh, to the few people who would reach out and then do uh, just public sharings of the channeling that I was doing. And they really didn't realize that until it was kind of a forced situation. At that point, I started doing it professionally. And then um, I had started the divorce process with my son's mother. And the terms of our divorce until it was finalized was that whatever parent was staying with my son would be in our mutual house that we shared. And the only place I had to go <laughs> was my parents. So I had to sit, sit him down and say, you know, this is what's going on. I need the room, I need the internet, I need the computer. Uh, I need to be left alone and quiet for a couple hours every night, um, you know, and then it was the talk. And, you know, it was actually surprisingly much, much smoother and better than I, I thought it was gonna go. Uh, at that point, my parents had done a lot of their own work and, and um, 
they were surprised, a little shocked, but um, I just thought they would take it a lot worse, you know, like they would have had I been younger and come to them when they were still actively in the church, you know? That's beautiful. And I've heard you talk about, um, I've heard you talk about your younger years and how, you know, you were, you were often kind of in, I don't, I don't know if you said trouble, but you were in kind of fraught situations sometimes. And, and, and yeah, um, what was, do you think that was kind of you trying to find a, a way to express your full self, kind of all of those early years that you, that you went through? Yeah, for sure. When, when I uh, was young and going to church, it didn't feel right. Um, it felt kind of empty. The questions I would ask, uh, the unsatisfactory answers, the, you know, the only thing when you get to a certain point in the conversation, you know, because the Bible said so, or because that's what God says. And uh, it wasn't fulfilling in my own experience. Um, I had friends who moved into a different neighborhood. I grew up in a quite uh, quiet, comfortable, upper-class neighborhood, even though my family was very poor. Uh, we were one of the few families that were there in town that were, but we lived with a lot of people who were uh, upper middle class and, uh, and even, you know, lower high class. And, um, we didn't really fit in there. And when my friend moved out to another town, uh, that was uh, a bit bigger and a bit more diverse, but also came with, uh, uh, violence, gangs, drugs, things like that. Uh, I wanted to spend my time over there because it was so difficult to stay in that place where I felt so uh, out of touch with everything. You know, I didn't like the church life. Uh, I love my family. My family has always been great. Uh, we've always been real close um, and connected with each other. But just that town, growing up in that town, uh, it was not fun. And going out there, you know, everybody was either didn't care about you or didn't, uh, you know, they would accept you for who you were because there were so many different types of people there. Uh, it was more comfortable. And the longer time I spent there, the longer I got involved with the gang uh, members, the, you know, drug selling, violence lifestyle. And when it was that, uh, it was one way for me to release a lot of that tension, anxiety, anger, uh, frustration that I had been feeling for years and had no outlet for it. So absolutely, it's very interconnected. And do you look back on that time now and see it as part of your soul path? Or do you see it as, I, I'm interested in how, what the meaning of that time is for you now at this stage of your life as who you are. I wonder how you see it now or what you see it being part of or a stepping stone toward. Um, honestly, when I look at that part of my life and I look at right now, the best way I make sense of it is this part of my life included some of the, the worst parts. Um, it, it taught me the mindset of the worst parts of my life, um, allowing myself to be involved with a lot of that stuff. Uh, it taught me how people in that situation feel and think. And right now, when a lot of people come to myself for channeling or, or just to talk to me, um, you know, I've got people coming from all sorts of ways, people who've lived in big towns and gang neighborhoods, people who've lived in drug addiction, uh, violence, domestic violence, and none of those things, uh, had I not had that part of my life, could I have empathized with at the level or, or sympathized with at the level I did 
or have any form of idea of how to steer those things into a better place. Mm-hmm. You know, um, through that part of my life, as well as drug addiction and, and all the hardships I went through there, it taught me how that suppressive mindset, how the um, self-imprisoned mindset or the victimized mindset can release itself, going from there all the way to where I'm at now, those were tools that were meant to show me. And a lot of people say, you know, um, uh, I spent nine years in severe drug addiction later on in my path uh, after the uh, teenage years and, and young childhood. And during that time, um, people say, I bet you wished you wouldn't have wasted your life away or went through the pain and suffering. But every moment of those experiences uh, were actually extremely meaningful and taught me more about myself uh, than I could ever have learned in 20 or 30 years of living life like I was before that. So uh, extremely important parts for me to be able to understand why, how, uh, and where people are coming from. And all of that makes total sense to me because I remember when I first met you. So I remember thinking, wow, he's this gentle giant because, you know, you're, you're a big guy too. So you have, you have that presence. And I remember feeling immediately safe with you and which isn't, you know, always the norm as we know, but I immediately felt relaxed in your presence, which I paid attention to. And then I also noticed over a series of conversations with you over the years, your high level of compassion and non-judgment. Like it was very evidenced as very high in you. And so to me, your, your background and your, your being able to be in some of the more, if you like, extreme ends of, of what people go through, it, it's testament to who you've become today and how you can hold space in a very compassionate, let's say non-shockable way, because you have that quality. I appreciate that, brother. And, and I think uh, a lot of that is, is very much true in, in how I've been able to not hold judgment with people. Um, that's, that's probably one of my biggest lessons uh, that I didn't even think of until you just mentioned it. The judgment issue uh, is something that our, our planet's gone through a lot in the last couple of years, especially. And um, trying to hold space for people who feel judged or who uh, are judging other people Uh, is something I try to do my best. And I know the last two years has kind of tested everybody's patience, but that's one thing that I really try to to share out to other people is, you know, the the people you're seeing as your enemy, the people who you're seeing as the, the other, you know, they believe and feel and experience what they're doing for a reason. You know, there's a whole reason their mindset is the way it is. It doesn't mean they're a horrible person. Uh, it doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean that they're the enemy. It just means that they've formed their whole consciousness around something uh, from their experience that is so foreign to you that there's no way that it can be solved until you guys try to communicate that stuff out. Uh, and that's what I think we've been missing a lot in, in our collective for the last two or three years. And that's why I've kind of uh, dug back down into that earth energy as deep as I could first it's instinctive when you have a baby you're you're like oh my god i got to get the baby taken care of it's almost uh, primal you know you got to get deep and dirty in the earth energy to do whatever you can to make sure everything's good 
Uh, and secondly, seeing how people are treating each other over all the things that have been happening. Yeah, totally. It's definitely been quite a time, and uh, and it's 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 the kind of time, isn't it, that you can you can sometimes want to crawl under a rock or get off the planet, as as I think is is the way that many many of us can feel or see it. Or you kind of have to galvanize yourself or heal. And usually, often all three things can be happening simultaneously. And I know you, when we got on the call, you said that you've you've been going through quite a deep, a deep healing process yourself in, in recent months and the last year or two. But perhaps for those who don't know you, when did the channeling start or what did that look like? How did that show up in your life if it was something that was foreign to you? Uh, channeling showed up in my life after the uh, drug addiction time that I had. It was a nine-year um, long drug addiction. Uh, it occurred directly after um, my son was about two years old and I, I found the extents of his health conditions. Um, he has cerebral palsy, uh, severely handicapped at this point. He, he just turned uh, 22 recently mm. um, in April. And at the age of two, you know, we knew that he was having issues, just not what it was. And then they're like, you know, hey, here's the news. Here, your kid's not going to walk, not going to talk, not going to be able to do anything. He's going to be vegetalized in a wheelchair. At a 21-year-old kid who already was going through massive emotional and mental uh, struggle, I turned to the drugs. And, and it started with a car accident and prescriptions and rolled downhill really quick. Um, that was the one time I found where I wasn't fixated on the issues of my life, uh, the problems of my experience. And so I continued and I abused them and used them and uh, did it for nine years until I, I decided I couldn't do it anymore. It created more suffering, uh, more pain, different levels uh, of, of that than I'd ever had before. And I, I couldn't do it. Um, so after uh, months of getting clean, uh, of staying away from the scene and staying away from the people who I'd been using with and, and buying drugs from and all of this, uh, finally I found some, some form of, of tranquility. And it wasn't a lot, uh, it was enough. I remember as a kid going through um, the old shows like Unexplained Mysteries and things like that. And one of the things that I found that always really fascinated me was uh, spirits. You know, I had experiences as a kid um, seeing my grandmother who, who had died before I was born. Uh, it felt real to me when I told my mom she was shocked, um, but still was like, you know, it must be a dream because her Christian belief couldn't, uh, you know, close that bridge. Mm. So I, I, I wanted to look into that because I'd been feeling not just tranquil, but feeling emotions that I hadn't felt since before I was a kid, you know, like literally a kid. Uh, I felt, you know, sense of love when I was around my animals that I usually just thought were pets or, you know, looked at them like a lot of humans unfortunately do as property, you know, hey, this is my dog. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt emotional connection and bond with them more than just the pat on the head and, you know, um, that experience. And, and I actually felt deep emotions when I'd go into nature. And that was all foreign to me. And it scared me a little, but I wanted to find out what was going on. 
uh, through my Christian upbringing, I always believed that there was a God or a creator or something bigger than us. Uh, I just didn't think that whatever uh, the, the Bible had translated it to be was an actual uh, thing. I think, you know, I thought maybe this is just early people trying to, to create something in their own mind um, that, that levels that bridge for them, you know, that connects the two ends of the bridge. And one group that I had seen when I was looking through, um, you know, ghosts and stuff was uh, um, spiritualism church and uh, spiritualists, spiritualism, both are kind of the same thing. And they were in a city that was only about a 45 minute drive from where I was. Uh, so I went and visited them. And the first thing they said is, um, you know, we can prove that God exists when I was reading up on what spiritualism was. Uh, and it's because we can talk to people who've already passed over. I said, all right, you know, well, this was never allowed, you know, let's see, worse comes to worse. You know, I think that they're fake or, or that they're crazy or that they're just religious nuts. And then I'll be on my way. And I went there and the first reading uh, was amazing. And this is before social media, or at least that I was on Facebook or before I was on MySpace. Um, and the guy told me everything about my son, not in, in the detail, um, you know, like the specifics, but that I had a child who, who had very bad problems and I had never met anyone or talked to anyone in this church before. So I, I was amazed. And he went into my family history, things that I didn't even know until I talked to my dad afterwards. Uh, and I knew that this guy had something there. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know, you know, how it got there. So I hung around and I learned a lot. I learned to meditate um, when asking everybody, well, you know, how do you do this? I wish I could do it, you know, thinking it's a natural gift that everyone's just born with. Well, you can do it. You got to learn to meditate, you know, you got to get in sync with that. Um, so I learned a lot. And um, eventually I had heard lots of things uh, about different types of mediumship where the consciousness of whatever um, they were connecting to would be more localized in their body than through the thought. And that's when I first was exposed to channeling and, and I did, they didn't call it channeling. Uh, they just said it was a more physical type of mediumship. Mm. Um, so anyway, I hung out there for a while and um, uh, I watched them go through religious ideologies and some that I felt were dogmatic and inner fighting and the same things that ran me out of the church when I was young. Uh, so I had left there um, with a lot of great lessons and a lot of great people that I found. Um, and I took that into my own hands and I started looking online for meditations and bumped into the Hemi Sink Gateway Experience by the Monroe Institution. And when I started that, I had heard uh, a couple things about it and I started that and that's really what got me going. Uh, working with that for several months, doing it hours and hours every day. Um, that's what really connected me to the next level uh, of my ability to channel and meeting my initial uh, guide that I channel. So, And then how did it, how did it go from you having that contact to you sharing it with people? Were you guided to do that? Were you told to do that? Or was that just something that you quickly realized you needed to do? Um, when I met my guide, the initial time and until almost two years went by, and this was all happening in meditation. Um, and 
what he had taught me and shared with me changed my life black and white. As much as I had changed from drug use to not using drugs and starting my spiritual journey, it changed it, you know, 100% the other way. Uh, not the other way, but more this way, which felt like a bigger change. So I spent my time uh, learning so much and growing and expanding so much. Um, through my own investigation, when I first met my guide, I thought I went a little crazy, um, you know, with the experience. So I looked up a lot of things online and I saw that channeling was a thing and channeling was possible. And my first exposure to another channeler was um, Jane Roberts with the Seth material. And I asked uh, my guide, I said, can we do what they do? Can you come through and talk to other people so that if people have questions like I've had, that they can get answers? Because I wanted what I had to be accessible to every human alive if they wanted it. Uh, I didn't want it to be hard to find. I didn't want them to have to go through nine years of drug addiction um, and going through uh, years of meditation to be able to, to find that energy. Um, and Trip said, sure, yeah, that's, that's fine. That's something we can do. And I learned a lot of organic things online. Uh, I worked with my guides who gave me insight. And then within two and a half to three months, I was able to channel at a very... Uh, basic level and I tried it like four or five times and then I went straight on YouTube and started sharing it so brilliant and so Treb was your first guide that you met because I know you've 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 had contact ever since then with with a whole a whole range of um of energies and entities did you did you have any trepidation uh about sharing online or going public with it or was it was it fairly comfortable for you because you just knew it was what you were meant to do yeah for me there wasn't a sense necessarily of of a mission oriented or a feeling like i should or must i was just so happy um with that change i wanted to be able to give that to other people mm. so it, it was almost forced looking back at it i said if i would have waited another year i could have started doing it in a better channeling uh, way, being more clear in my channeling, blah, blah, blah. But it was perfect. It, it was what it needed to be. And it was from that sensation of excitement. And it, like I said, some people I've heard their stories and they feel drawn, almost like possessed uh, in the mindset that I've got to do this mission. I've got to help other people. Um, and it was a lot like that. But it was also a level of just like 10 year old excitement, you know, just jumping up and down at the thought, oh, my God, maybe this can help one person, you know, maybe if it changes their experience, 10% of what did mine, it would be worth putting in 100 hours to this. Uh, and, and that childlike excitement is actually what gave me more motivation, I think, than everything else put together. Yeah. And then can you share anything that you remember as 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 one of the things that channeling changed for you, your perspective or your way of seeing or your way of feeling. It, it, is there anything that comes to mind that you could share with us around those early days and, and what shifted for you? Yeah, every, everything. Um, I came from an understanding that there was something bigger and that was about it. Uh, maybe the ability to, to talk to entities, beings on the other side was possible. But now, uh, learning 
everything in creation uh, is a part of ourselves instead of the other way around. A lot of people, you know, uh, in, in different various religions see one God that creates everything and that creation is small and, and insignificant. And there's only the uh, power of creation from that one being. And I learned everything I knew before was wrong, that everybody has their ability to put energy into doing whatever it is that they desire to do, uh, to create on a level, uh, maybe not creating entire planets with a single thought, things like that, but saying, hey, I want a better life and being able to do that. Um, that was something I never thought before. I, I always thought circumstances ruled us. You know, if we die, uh, do we get another uh, go at this? Do we just stick around in one place for eternity? Do we turn into darkness? And then I had a sense of really understanding how all of the energy on a soul level to human level worked instead of from a human trying to figure out the soul level. Mm. And when people come to you, are you, are you noticing, because my experience with working as a channeler, it took me many years to, to kind of see this pattern, but I think a lot of people are drawn to channeling usually maybe because at first they think it's because they want to hear those answers. But most of the time, I think people are drawn to channeling to remember themselves as a channeler. Maybe you're not going to do it as a job and maybe you're never going to sit there and talk to your guide. But I always, and my guides have said this, that we're we're drawn back to the frequency that we know exists beyond the veil and that that's part of why we seek out something like channeling. Is that been your experience or, um, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. The, the experience I've noticed uh, more so than others is that what channeling usually offers is a reflection of what's already there for them. Uh, and without them believing in themselves, it's hard to see and channeling, reflects back that knowledge that they already had. And it reignites the part of them that kind of goes into self-investigation, self-exploration, uh, self-expansion mode, a lot of time because they believe that's what's needed. Um, so reflecting back to them in, in the channel, I've seen that, hey, you're the one who's holding the cards. Um, that's helped a lot. And I think people are catching on too, um, you know, like, if I put myself back five years ago, I would say out of all my channeling I did for other people, 95% to 99% would be people coming to me getting sessions saying, hey, I want to talk to Trev or Artif or whoever. Uh, now, I would say it's probably less than 80% and the rest of it are people who want to learn to channel themselves mm -hmm. or people who want to troubleshoot those issues to find out how they can trigger that in themselves. So either way, a lot more people are, are trusting themselves uh, and, and wanting to have less external reflections and more internal. And um, what you said too is, is perfect, beautiful uh, representation, but I've never even thought of it that way. That's why I love talking to you. You've got such a beautiful heart and mindset that uniquely can express things that I try to think of and I, I wrap my brain around it a million times and <laughs> you say it once and it's beautiful. So but no, back at you, because I think that's, isn't that the beauty of us having conversations? Cause we, each, I don't know, we all see things in such different ways and we all learn from each other through how we each see it. So I was only, I was only spurring on from something you said. So we're, we're in a tennis match here. Um, <laughs> and I, yeah, 
I mean, God, there's so many things, Rob. I think, firstly, you just mentioned Aradif. So let's talk about when the channeler starts channeling many different beings or entities and, and that growth journey, which is quite common. I had multiple experiences many years ago with that. I know many channelers that we know and that are out there doing it um, can be similar. Um, what was that like for you when you started to broaden your reach as a channeler and in, in who and what you were contacting? Um, yeah, it was it was very um, different for me. It initially came through in ways of um, doing a book with a guy uh, named Jefferson Biscardi. And when we did the book, he asked, Trev, is there anyone uh, else that either lives on your planet or has communication with you or whatever the case is that we can talk to. Um, and he said, yeah, and brought in Ardef. And Ardef um, was the most insightful uh, 20 pages in the whole book. So instantly I felt a connection to Ardef right off the bat. Um, also knowing that uh, his connection with Trev was very deep and my connection with Trev was very deep. We had a very mutual, you know, a very mutual connection in Trev. And that helped open me up to want to experience more of what he had to say. Uh, that excitement and my own growth in all directions kind of led me to that experience. Um, the example that they always give when they're talking to other people is like if you're in a crowded room and it's really loud, uh, when you first meet your initial guide and start channeling, your consciousness expands. And when it does, you know, imagine your body doing that at the party, you bump into the first person who's a couple feet away and that's the new entity. And then you start talking with them, you start expanding, you bump into someone else. So it, it, it's a part where it's not that those beings weren't there or, or that they weren't connected to you. It's just the way that you grow, you're stretching out to be able to do that. And that's usually what I notice. Uh, also with people who channel multiple beings is that at very first it's one or two beings and then it reaches out to being multiple uh, after the person grows not not just as a channeler because of course channelers do have to grow by practicing channeling or not practicing but doing it all the time by being as close to the energy of what's being taught as possible to live in some form of happiness or excitement to the best of their ability. Um, all of those things are important and count. And when people, even if they're just touching lightly on the edges, they're growing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the beautiful thing for me. I think consciously my desire to connect with art if came from a, a place of wanting to learn more intense information. Um, but honestly, I knew too that I had to grow in order to, to be able to understand the amount of complexity, uh, complexity that comes from that expansive type of information. So I knew, you know, it might be a tougher thing to get there to be able to do that more regularly or to channel him directly. Uh, but the information was there, was important enough for me to want to. So again, it goes back to that excitement based 10 year old, you know, that wants to do new stuff. <laughs> I love it. Um... It's an interesting example you you you're given too. I really like the, the the person next to you in the party, and because it makes me think about. So, for example, we're both in America right now, and there are people in Japan 
who we are absolutely connected to that we can't see, that we don't necessarily know, that we've never met, that, you know, I haven't even yet been to Japan, even though it's a place I really want to go. But we are all here at the same at the same moment in time. So we're all connected. So I I always think of it that way too. Um, I I I want to touch on the ET side because I know that one of your um, one of your taglines is the ET whisperer, and I always find the topic of of ETs interesting. For me as a kid, I was obsessed with the X Files. Like the first five seasons of the X Files, I was about I don't know eleven years old, twelve years old. I and anything to do with aliens or UFOs would always pique my interest as a young child, but I didn't really think more about it than, oh, this is entertainment. And then, of course, I get older and I start learning more about, oh, that's interesting. So they've been here and this has been covered up and da-da-da-da-da. And, and then, then just, you know, the walls just keep collapsing and then you start to go, okay, well, of, of course there is life in the universe. What's more interesting is uh, how interlaced we we may or may not be, and how much we may or may not know about that. So, but it's a tricky area because not unlike what you were describing with more indoctrinated religion, where you're taught to oh no you can't speak to a ghost or no it's wrong to think that you are connected to a higher power. I think that the same kind of weaving has happened around the idea of life on other planets. And it is interesting to watch that slowly breaking down over the last few years. And those of us who've perhaps known about this for many, many years, we've heard about disclosure for years. I would argue it's kind of happening. I mean, it's been happening for a long time, but it's happening as much as it could. And I say this for anyone watching and listening who's like, oh God, no, I just, I don't want to know. I have a very good friend who's deeply psychic and she's like, I don't want to know anything about aliens. So I get that it, I get that it brings a fear up in people. And I also get that it's very easy to judge people who may have experiences around this or beliefs around this as just write them off. And we see it happening in society all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very uh, weird subject for a lot of people. I think uh, scientific community beginning to uh, first see the exoplanets uh, out there really helped because before a scientist said, we think that they're out there, but uh, you know, until the eighties, no one ever saw one. And the one they did see in the eighties until uh, the 2010s or 2020s was made from a remnant of a supernova. So it's like, you know, that's not really gonna hold much life anyway. So now there's the proof, you know, the thousands and thousands that have just been found in the last seven or eight years of planets going around stars that are very local uh, all the way to a couple thousand light years out. The technology to do that makes it hard um, for a lot of people, uh, you know, to, to deny that part that there is the possibility of other life. Um, the ET thing is, is, is a weird uh, energy for a lot of people, I think, personally, because they have experiences and maybe sleep states, dreams, or maybe some other intuition in another life, uh, whatever the case is there's always that feeling there. It's the same reason we have fears of spiders, uh, same reason we fear sharks, the same reason we fear, you know, getting hit by lightning, whatever it is, there, there's trauma that's there on the human collective level. 
what the trauma is. Uh, you know, I could tell everyone what I've heard. I could tell them what I, what I think. I could tell them what other people say. Um, but I don't think that's as important to healing it. The part of, the part of us that has to heal it, I think is happening now. Hearing in the news, um, on, on national TV, a lot of people dismiss the news anyway, uh, you know, but everyone's talking about it now, There's that there's possibility of life in other planets. So as, as a collective, I think it's a very special and unique part, but also, like you said, it's gonna bring up a lot of uh, a fear, a lot of trauma, pre-related trauma for a lot of people. Um, me personally, I, I've always, um, I was the same way as you were, Lee, the, the old shows like Unsolved Mysteries in the 80s and stuff, I love that. And, uh, you know, growing into the other ones like X-Files, uh, Star Wars, all of it. Um, but I think um, people who enjoy that also do from multiple levels of understanding something that our human life experience can't really uh, show us, you know, or, or tell us. So even though it's a very uh, tricky thing, I think my ability to be open to it is what led me to bring that part of the consciousness forward first and build from there. Um, as weird as it sounds, um, you know, the, the channeling that I first heard uh, was the Seth material. But after that, the second one that I, I had heard uh, after I had met Treb and, and after I had started my own journey was uh, like Daryl Anka with Bashar. And all of that, uh, like he was one of the only people out there that was channeling ETs at the time. So to see that uh, reflected back to me after my own experiments was validating. Um, but I also saw through the comments and the videos and, and things like that, there was trauma. So what I try to do to square away with people uh, to help with whatever comfort level I can is, you know, we're humans in a human body on earth at a soul level, having the human earth experience. And if there are ETs out there and you can, you can bring that bridge to, to yourself, then they're also a soul inhabiting a different kind of body on a different planet for a different experience. You know, consciously on a soul level, everything's the same, you know, we have our individuality, uh, but we all come from that, that one consciousness of souls having fun or have not having fun for some of us in physical bodies. Uh, I think it's just an experience to be had. And because it is so alien to us, uh, that's why it freaks us out when we see other beings doing it. We've been told since children that that just isn't the way it works. And for those who grew up in Christian places, especially, uh, you know, why would God create aliens? He just created earth, you know, stuff like that. So it is, it's a hard one to bridge, but, I, I've always said about channeling in general, discernment is, is part of um, importance for people um, because you have to feel your own intuition to get through anything and channeling shouldn't be any different. Um, when you listen to, to the channeling, what, what I used to do when the source would make me uncomfortable because with my own trauma with religion, the archangel thing and the angels was really hard for me to get over at first. I just listened to the message and what, sounded like it was right and resonated with me I accepted it without trying to look at the source and what I couldn't I didn't and what I knew was too hard for me to get over I didn't attempt until I was ready for it so 
you know, the ET thing is weird and different, but it, it all comes from the same level of just a different experience with different interpretations of that experience. But with, with the amount of different stories I've heard over the years from some from friends, some from people I've met. And then when I was doing readings, which I did for about 14 years, I heard a lot of stories of people's contact experiences that opened my eyes and my perception because the people had no reason to be lying to me about what they were experiencing when they were coming for a, for a session. And I say that not because I was dubious, but you know, that, that just is, is, is how it is. I can imagine that you doing this work and having that title is, is a really safe place for me to come to. If I'm someone who is having experiences that I can't yet explain or that other people won't talk about or validate, has that been the case because of your work as the ET whisperer, you have been, I'm sure, attractive to many people who are in that world or having experiences that they need to have some help with. Yeah, both traumatic and positive experiences. Um, it's a place where people uh, do feel safe to go through with that because you're right. A lot of people have that experience and never say anything to anyone. Uh, unless they can trust someone, family member, a uh, spiritual teacher, uh, some form of uh, authority figure from their own mindset, whatever the case is. And fortunately, um, because I, I've expressed that as, as just is actually funny, me and my wife and her mom, who had just passed recently, um, were all talking. And she said, oh, you know, so you're connecting with all these different ETs, kind of like an ET or um, an alien whisper. And I said, that's kind of catchy. <laughs> whisper. So her mom, um, Kalina's mom, my, my wife's mom, who just passed, um, was instrumental in that. And I just remember mm. that now. It's, it's funny how that works. Mm. But um, yeah. So when I just did it because it sounded, you know, cool. And I was like, yeah, it's catchy, you know. And it really has helped a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, with their trauma. Uh, and with with their good experiences, just trying to decode them and trying to figure out what they were um, and, and how it worked and all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I believe was your radio show, your podcast called the ET Whisperer. Um, no, it, that ET Whisperer came along after the podcast. Um, I had started the. Uh, Internet Radio Network, um, Enlightenment Evolution Network back in 2013. And I think I started calling myself the ET Whisperer about a year after. So I integrated it into that, into my own show, the Enlightenment Evolution Hour. But, um, you know, it wasn't a, a direct part of the uh, titling or, or any of the marketing in the network, no. Well, I was, I remember being a guest on your show and that was great. And that was some years ago. I don't even remember what year it was, but um, I remember really enjoying my conversation with you there. But I, I specifically remember seeing you interview um, JP Sears for your show, who, if people aren't familiar with him, is very well known um, on YouTube for his spiritual com comedy and commentary, I would say. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember being struck by something JP said to you um, in the interview where he basically said, he basically commended you for your, for your bravery of being a public channeler. And, and I'd never really heard someone who wasn't a channeler kind of saying that to somebody else. And I, 
I remember thinking, oh, yeah, I guess, because he he was saying, you know, the amount of ridicule, kickback, um, the, the stuff that you can have to go through. And I always, that always struck me from that show with him, hearing him say that to you. It was, it was, it was, it was moving and it was sweet, you know? Yeah, he, he's a very sweet guy. And um, years after he did that show with me, he did a show with Paul Selig yes. uh, and admitted and came out of the closet as someone who was, a regular fan of his and who got many sessions from him. So it, it was nice to hear him. Uh, you know, he said he has weird beliefs, you know, cause I said, I know my channeling's a little weird with people from your audience, but you know, that's the weird beliefs he was talking about. And I think that's why he could appreciate the channeling. Cause he was already probably pretty involved in channeling at that point. Yeah. So you went and as well as doing your private sessions, you created the Enlighten the Enlightenment Evolution Hour. And obviously we've talked about the channel panel that you set up, which was done both online and and in person. And I believe you're probably gonna bring keep bringing that back, right? In future years. Yes, uh, we're actually gonna set one up for the end of this year, probably online, as this is the first year we've done it since the baby's been born. Yeah. Uh, and I'm back to doing personal, uh, you know, um, uh, online events now again for just the ET Whisper. Kalina is going to be starting her uh, internet radio podcast show back again, as am I. Uh, this year, the baby's old enough and we're finally getting help from uh, external. My, my sister, Mary, um, is amazing and she's been helping us a lot, working with us, working for us now. And um, it makes our world uh, easier again. So right. we're, we're putting all of our energy into getting more out because this is what I really love doing. I wouldn't have missed any of my first two years with a baby. I intentionally made sure I was only working for a couple hours every day because I didn't want to miss any of that time with her. I still don't want to miss time with her, but now, you know, she's going to be growing fast and be adorable. A couple more hours a day won't hurt. Yeah. Uh, and it'll really help um, the collective because the time I, I ended up going on minimal work uh, was the time the collective really needed a lot of people to support them the most. So I still actually <laughs> feel a little bad uh, in some ways, actually a little guilty that the timeout just happened to coincide with the time so many people were going through crazy stuff. So, yeah, but here's the beautiful thing about you you have such a developed sense of responsibility that if anything, you need to work against that. You know, I know that, I know that in you and I, there, were, there, were, there, were, there were enough people like, you know, for example, I worked harder last year than I had in, and, and I mean, I, you know, I always work, I'm, I'm built to work, but yeah, last year, and, and I was able to do it because we didn't have kids. So don't worry, you know, it, it, every everybody who was supposed to show up in that way did their thing. And it's a relay race. So I think sometimes we're running with the baton and sometimes we're handing it to someone else. And I'm really glad you guys are coming back out again. Um, but I'm also really glad you got to take that time. And, uh, and, and we know that it will benefit your work, you know, whatever, whatever processes you've been through. So Patreon, I just wanted to ask you about that, perhaps, um, as, as a system that you've been using. I, you know, I've often said that if I was starting again from scratch now, Patreon is probably the model I would walk towards as a way of both sharing work, but also, 
you know, the inevitable costs of work and not just your own energy and your own time, but the costs that go into producing work on the internet. So I really love that that's something that you guys have been have been playing with the last few years and I wondered how that's been going for you. Uh, it's actually going really well. Um, you know, uh, just today, I had said something to, to our Patreon group a couple nights ago saying, I think we've been here for about three years now. And then I saw my memory on Facebook today, uh, right after we had started, like three or four months after we had started saying, hey guys, uh, come on over to the Patreon from four years ago today. So we've been doing it for four years. Wow, that's gone quick. Yeah, what led us to that was our conversation that me and Kalina had with you um, backstage at the channel panel in 2015, because um, we were really trying to get things ramped up at that time too as ramped up as it was back then we were trying to ramp it up more and um yeah so your your ideas had helped a lot uh with that and we saw patreon said this is the thing that we was talking about so um we chose to use that platform and um it's done great with us and for us and it's let us lead back to getting more time with people instead of um trading one hour of of my day for one person i get to help a hundred people, you know, twice a month, uh, for two hours out of my time. Yeah. And then whatever clips from that is used, uh, to show for people for free on the, uh, YouTube and stuff. So it works out to be much better as what we've wanted to do. Uh, but also financially helps us as a family who was working minimally for two years now. So, um, yeah, we do two of them per month. Uh, the first one that we do on the 15th, it's really fun because uh, on the fifth, we make the posts so everyone can get their questions in, but we let the people from Patreon pick subjects that they think are exciting. And then we put them up for a vote and everybody gets to vote on them and whatever they pick is what we channel about in depth for the 15th. And then on the 30th, everyone sends in their questions and uh, uh, they get drawn at random on the 30th of the month. And then uh, we go through and do those. So it's really, really uh, been helpful with us. Um, people tend to love it. Um, and it, it's an easier way for people to, to access the information who don't have the money it takes to do private sessions or personal sessions, you know? Totally. So it's a win, 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 I think. <laughs> Absolutely. And you, 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 you're so community spirited that I love how that community can, can, can can wrap around you and you wrap around it and it be this conversation. So no, it's beautiful. Well, thank you, brother. You're always too kind. I love, I love uh, being able to do because I feel that same way about you. You, you have the natural presence where people want to listen to you, and the heart that that allows that to flow even more. And then you know because of your heart, what people are hearing when they're drawn to you isn't, you know. Um, convoluted stuff is going to mess them up instead of actually help them like you do. So I love it. Thank you. I, it's funny. I always say if there weren't people on this planet, I certainly wouldn't be here. I've got friends who are here for nature and I love nature, but I'm, I know that I'm here to be with and part of people that that's just my purpose. I'm really clear about that. So yeah. Well, Rob, where would people, where would be the best? Because I know you have various places that people can find you online and we can put various links in the show notes. But for anyone listening or watching now, which would be the best website, a kind of catch-all website for you? Um, you know, to, to keep up with the current types of things that we're doing, um, 
Patreon is is the better place because we verbally communicate through our, our two times a month, all the things that we're up to. So that keeps us most uh, a recent. Also, my personal Facebook page, I share a lot from there. Um, but YouTube is someplace if you want to look at the work or you want to go through the work. We've left close to 10 years of, of videos up for everybody for free. Um, so there's not much that you can't find there if you just want to dig in and, and look through the types of channeling and the amount of channeling. Uh, our YouTube channel is the best. But yeah, I think Patreon's where we're trying to move everything over to and then what we can share on YouTube for free, we will. Um, it's just, it, it suits us better. And I'm trying to do less personal sessions because doing those does take more time away from family and more time from planning events and being able to go out physically and, and see people and meet people. Like you said, people are the reason you do uh, life on earth. And that's the way I feel. I, I love humans. I, I love people. And I really want to do whatever I can to help in any way I can uh, to make any part of their journey easier. So uh, I want to deal with more people, not less people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you. And is it the ET Whisperer at Patreon? And we will put the link, but for anyone listening who just wants to go straight to Patreon and search, it's the ET Whisperer. And is that the same at YouTube? Uh, yep, ET Whisperer on both uh, Patreon and YouTube, yep. Perfect. Well, we will put the links. Rob, it's been lovely to see you. And, you know, congratulations to you and Kalina on your ever-expanding family. And... Um, yeah, I'm excited for you guys. I'm glad that you're coming back out, but I'm also glad that you've had some time to 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 calibrate differently. And I'm I'm I have no doubt that it will all unfold beautifully into the work that you do in the next few years. I appreciate it, brother, and I'm so grateful uh, for you being out there doing it. And and I send all my love to you and Stephen too. Thank you, my friend. Well, big love, brother, and thank you for being here and for everybody who tuned in today. Thank you for watching. We will put all the links to Rob's work in the show notes, and we will see you next time on Impact the World. Hi, I'm Lee. I'm an intuitive, a channeler, a musician, and you may know me from my monthly free energy updates that go out on YouTube and Facebook. You may know me from the Impact the World podcast, but I wanted to introduce you to my members community, The Portal. We've been a community now for eight years, and my mission and the mission of my team every single month is to bring you wellness content, metaphysical content, anything that's going to support your life as a sensitive, as a healer, as someone who is newly awakening, but also to ground it in reality. So every month we bring you various tools to help you survive, thrive, and expand your life. I know many of you are out there bringing your own special gift or light to the world. And the portal is a hub that we hold along with our community members to support you on your mission. Every month I do a live energy tune-up broadcast. It's 90 minutes long. It allows me to go deeper on some of the energies that month and how they are affecting our specific portal community. I also take Q&A. I answer questions from my intuitive standpoint and I also answer questions from my guides, the Z's, who I channel. 
These live tune-ups are always available within 24 hours. So if you can't make it live, you will always have the replay to go back and watch again or to use the timestamps to visit a specific question that you heard that you wanted to replay the answer for. Every month, we will bring you a brand new audio recording. I often keep our community at the top of my mind when I'm creating a new channeled MP3 or a new energy alchemy meditation. And these are always scored and supported by the music of sound healer Davor Bozik. I also do several private behind the scenes video diaries. Sometimes these are what we're creating and what's going on here at the studio, but other times it might just be me at home talking about things that I'm noticing really designed to give you and I an intimate conversation that I wouldn't otherwise put out there into the wider world. Stephen Washington brings you a special body energy update every single month. So Stephen is my husband and he is also an amazing Qigong and wellness teacher. So I asked him several years ago to start creating some body medicine for us. So he takes the themes of that month's energy update and he expands upon them and gives you a sequence of Qigong movements that are very gentle and easy for beginners, but it's a way of alchemizing what we're going through and he does it beautifully. So many of our members love that component. Stephen also has many meditations inside the portal, which you can access anytime. And we are expanding our meditation library as these months go on. You receive a welcome bonus of the Intuitive Power live event. So if you've never seen a live event of ours, we had an incredible film crew document our London Intuitive Power event in 2019. And you'll get all five hours of that content as soon as you sign up. And finally, we curate special monthly Spotify playlists. Two different kinds, music to move you, so things that are a little more dancey, and music to soothe you, things that are designed to help your nervous system calm. We love introducing you to new music, and this is curated by our whole team. The Classics Library is another important cornerstone of the portal. It gives us an opportunity to bring you eight different MP3 recordings from my vast library, but we curate them as to the titles that might be perfect for you at this time. So if you want some extra audio, you can go into the Classics Library and pick a topic that suits you. Alongside several discounts to Portal members, our favorite thing is the energy of our community. So we have a private forum only available to members where you can share with each other, discuss, and learn from each other. So the portal really is a world unto itself and it will keep expanding as the years go on. But there are some of our members who love every single aspect of the portal and there are some who are there just for two or three things. So if you want to try it out for a month and see if it's for you, you can do that because membership is available to cancel anytime. And we look forward to welcoming you in the portal if you choose to experience what it is that we are curating and creating for you here.